You're listening to The River Walk, the preaching ministry of Beth River Baptist Church in Winsboro, Louisiana. Today's message is about a fully functioning church member, and thank you. Thank you so much if you are one. Thanks and enjoy the message. So with that said, if you, if you have a Bible this morning, I'm going to be quick because there's a good meal in the back that I can't wait to get to. We're going to look at Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, a familiar story. And like has been mentioned earlier, today is Pastor Appreciation Sunday. And like I said before, I'm so grateful, so grateful to be part of a church that appreciates me. There are pastors all across America, and even in Franklin Parish, that don't feel very appreciated at all. That feel quite the opposite, that feel hated. I'm so glad to be at a church where I feel appreciated, where my family feels appreciated, where the church is patient with us as we grow and our children grow. And I'll share with you, being a pastor is hard work. It requires a lot of study. It requires a whole lot of patience. And contrary to a lot of people's belief, it requires a lot of time. And there is no seminary class that I'm aware of in the world that can teach you to be a pandemic pastor. 2020 has brought about very unique challenges. And while I can't guarantee that I've done everything right or anything right for that matter. As a matter of fact, I'd probably say the opposite. I've probably made big mistakes along the way. I can say this, I promise you I've done my best to meet every need the very best I can. I've just, I've tried to do the best I can. But the role of a pastor, the role of a pastor, sometimes we get confused about this, the role of a pastor is not altogether different than your role as a church member. I have this picture on the screen because I am a pastor, and I am a proud pastor, and I am a preacher, and I consider myself a teacher, and I am a student, but as much as any of that, just like you, I am a church member. You can read about church membership where we get the very word member from 1 Corinthians 12. In that passage, Paul writes that the church is made up of individual members with individual gifts, And he didn't just write about it there either. He wrote about it in Romans chapter 12. And he wrote about it again to the church in Ephesus in Ephesus or in Ephesians chapter 4. Because Paul knew what I know and what you know too. For the body to function properly, it needs more than just the pastor doing his role. If I don't do my role, if I halfway do it, if I only put a little bit into it, the body's going to suffer. And the same goes for you as well. If we don't do our parts as individual members, the body is going to suffer. In May of last year, in May of 2019, man, so much has happened since then. I preached a sermon, and I I think it was on a Sunday night. I answered a question. Somebody asked the question on Sunday night. If you remember, we had our little question box, and people put in questions. And somebody asked the question, how can you belong to a church and not participate or believe in their same beliefs? And I thought about that, and I prayed hard about it, because it was a potentially offensive question. It was a hard question to answer. But I identified that question as, as being a misfunctioning church member. That was what that question was really about. It was about a a member that was just functioning, but misfunctioning. And I said then, if you were here, and you remember, and maybe you kept notes, I said then that I believe, and I still do believe, there's three types of church members. There's the non-functioning, there's the functioning, and there's the misfunctioning. 
It's one of the three in Tom Rainier's book where that picture comes from. I'm a church member. He makes the statement that biblically speaking, there is no such thing as an inactive church member. We use that term for books and we, we talk about active and inactive. But biblically speaking, there's no such thing as that. Biblically speaking, there's either a functioning church member or a non-functioning. And I throw in the misfunctioning because I think that's implied. And last year in May, whenever I preached that, I used the example of King Saul in 1 Samuel. A man who God had a plan for, a man who was king. But he decided to function in his own way. He decided to do things his way, to do what he wanted to do, and it ended in disaster. And I realized that I never followed up with that. All I ever addressed was the misfunctioning. Maybe I made mention of it in the sermon, but I never talked about what we are really good about here, and that's having the functioning church member. So today, even though it's over a year later, I want to focus on the functioning church member. And I prayed about it, and I thought about it, and the very best example I could think of was the poor widow that Jesus spoke of in Mark chapter 12. And it's such an amazing contrast, if you think about it, if you know the story of Saul. Saul was a king. Saul was very powerful. Saul, probably very wealthy, lived in a palace. And then here you've got the polar opposite of that. You've got a poor widow. But Jesus notices the poor widow. And it says in Mark chapter 12, verse 41, Now Jesus sat opposite the treasury and saw how the people put money into the treasury. And many who were rich put in much. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which make a quadrants. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury, for they all put in out of their abundance. But she, out of her poverty, put in all that she had, her whole livelihood. I look at this and, I mean, think about Think about the setting here. Think about, this is not, now I think they're great people, but this is not the Apostle Paul. This is not Peter. This is not King David. This is Jesus Christ himself. This is God in the flesh. This is the man that, that we would love to meet. This is the man that we want to model our life over. The God in the flesh, the God we serve, watches all these people, and he says, hey, disciples, come here. Come here, disciples. You've seen all these people. Let me show you this one poor lady. Look at her. Look at this lady. Look at how she's functioning. And I'm telling you, if you want to serve me, you don't need to worry about these religious people. You don't need to worry about all this. You need to take her example. And there's three things I noticed from her example. And one, and that's that ability does not affect function. Ability does not affect function. Here at Beth River Baptist Church, we're so blessed because we've got a variety of people. We have old members. Sorry to call you old, but we do. Let's just be honest. We have old members. We have young members. We have members who have been blessed financially more than others. We have members who are single. We have members who are married. We have members who are divorced. 
We have members who are separated. We have members who are parents. We have members who are children. We have members who are teenagers and members who are in their 20s. And I just want to tell you this morning, this story shows me that no matter the age, no matter the circumstance, that God has a place for you to function in this body of believers. Jesus saw everybody, but he picked this widow out. He says, hey, ability does not affect function. And I want to tell you this morning, if God can use a poor widow with just two mites, God can use you too. And God wants to use you too. And it's a great comfort to me as a pastor and as a church member because it matters not if I'm the best speaker. It matters not if I'm the best preacher. It doesn't matter if I have a master's degree, an undergraduate degree, or even a high school degree. If I'm doing my best... If I'm doing what God has called me to do, where He calls me to do it, when He calls me to do it, if I do my best, then God will take care of the rest. I would rather be like the poor widow than anybody else in my Bible because she is giving her all. She is doing exactly what she feels led to do when she feels led to do it. And she's not doing it to be watched. As a matter of fact, she's probably doing it not to be watched because everybody else is giving out of their abundance. She's just giving it her best. So church, I just want to tell you, ability does not affect function. Give your best and God will do the rest. Second thing I noticed is the functioning church member, somebody that's fully functioning, gives their best and not the leftovers. It's so very tempting, especially today in 2020, just to give God what's left. Let's just give God what's left. I've got a little bit of time left this week, so I'm just going to give Him what's left. I've got a little bit of money left, and I've got a little bit of, of family time left. I've got a little bit of home time left. You know, I've got to watch my Netflix series, and I've got to spend so much time on Facebook. But I've got a little bit of time left. Maybe I'll crack open my Bible tonight, or maybe I'll do it next week. And it's so very tempting, and that's what we do often, isn't it? It's what I do sometimes. Let's just be honest. But the functioning church member gives their best and it's tempting to give God what's left but this poor widow gave her whole livelihood it says in verse 44 for the body to function without a limp the parts have to put their best foot forward my mom she's so happy my mom this last week she finally finally after months got that cast off her leg or that brace whatever it is and I've watched her. It's just been a process. She, she fell. She hurt herself. She went from a wheelchair to, to a walker to a cane. Now she's walking with the limp. And it stinks. It stinks walking with the limp. And I'm afraid to say that so many churches today are walking with the limp. Or worse, they're being wheeled in a wheelchair because they've only got a few members that are functioning. That are functioning properly. What would the church look like if we all followed the widow's example? If we all gave God our best, not just our leftovers, we wouldn't be walking to reach a lost world. We would be running. We'd be giving the best we had. We would be walking without a limp. Both hands would be functioning. Both feet would be functioning. Things would be great if we were all functioning like this poor widow. Are you putting in all that you have? And you could say, well, this is talking about money, but I don't believe that. Are you putting in all that you have? Are you putting in all that you have what God has gifted you with? Are you putting in all that you have to teach, to lead, to love? Not being selective. Not being selective. Well, I'm going to love, but I'm only going to love the church. Or I'm going to love, but I'm only going to love this certain member at the church. 
It would be absolutely crazy if I decided I'm only going to love this leg and I'm going to limp with the other. That's not what we're called to do. We're called to give our best. Give our best to teach, to lead, to love, and to appreciate every member, not just the pastor. And when I look at this story, the third thing that I notice, which is perhaps to me the most incredible, and I mentioned it earlier, and that's that Jesus, Jesus notices the little things. Jesus notices the little things. Like I said, this, this isn't just anybody, folks. This is the baby that was born in a manger. This is the man that was crucified, rose again on the third day. This is the man that's coming back. And he takes the time to notice a widow putting in two mites. For those around in this setting, everybody's sitting around, and I imagine, I don't know, I'm adding to the text, but I imagine this is probably a widow that comes often. This is probably a widow that nobody else even notices, but Jesus notices. Jesus notices. Jesus is watching, and Jesus appreciates the little things. And I just want to tell you, the pastor, your pastor appreciates the little things too. A little thank you card. A little thank you in person. A prayer, a text message, a word of encouragement, a visit, a meal. Those little things Jesus notices and the world notices too. Offering a ride to get somebody to church. Something so little and so simple. Giving your time just to bring a kid to church to hear the gospel. Bringing a friend to church to hear the gospel. Teaching a class. Sharing a testimony. Leading singing. Playing the piano. Singing a special. Unnoticed by some. But Jesus loved those, loves those who give what they can when they can. Three simple truths that we learn from this poor widow. We don't even know her name. But Jesus noticed and Jesus took her gift and probably did more with it than he did with anybody else's. Did you know there's about 20 spiritual gifts listed in the Bible? There's about 20, 20 different gifts that's mentioned pretty much by name in the Bible. And I want to tell you, I see so many of them in this church. And Jesus sees them too. So in wrapping up today, I'm going to go through 14 of them. 14 of them really quick. Out of the 20 or so, these 14 are not supernatural. These 14 gifts are not things like speaking in tongues. They're not things like prophesying. They're not things like interpreting tongues. They're not gifts of healing. They're just normal gifts that I know that I've seen present in this church, and you have too. I want to go through these, and I want you to listen to your gift. And I want you to ask the question, are you functioning the way God intended you to function? And while going through them, I want to say thank you as I go through them. One of the gifts listed, and these are in alphabetical order, and you can look these gifts up. I'll try to reference the scripture references. But like I said, part of the church to function is the members doing their job. And, and we are. We are. First gift is administration. You can read about that in 1 Corinthians 12, 28. To the ones that put together the budgets and serve on the committees in this church, to the ones that decide whether to put a new roof on the parsonage or fix this or fix that, to the ones that take the youth and decide, you know, how much money to pour into it or how much not to pour into it, how, the ones that make the budget and all that stuff. 
Listen, we don't think that that's a very big job, but I assure you that is a very big job. That is a very difficult job. And I want you to know that I appreciate it so very much. And Jesus appreciates it too. You can read in 1 Corinthians 12.10 about the gift of discernment. Thank you to the ones that have the gift of discernment and use it. To the ones that watch out to be sure that my preaching and my teaching and even the literature is biblical and not just feel-good, wishy-washy preaching. We need people that have the gift of discernment to listen and to be careful and to point others towards good old gospel truth, not just feel-good, sin-approving messages on Sunday morning. To the ones who have the gift of evangelism that make it a point even during a pandemic to go out and evangelize to a community who you're concerned about that may not know Jesus. To the ones that actually evangelize in a supernatural way that even your pastor can't thank you for that. Jesus notices and I notice too. In Romans 12.8, Paul talks about the gift of exhortation. That goes unnoticed too. But let me tell you, thank you to the ones this church especially that build each other up instead of tearing each other down. Thank you to those who use the gift of exhortation. So many churches today are crumbling apart from the inside because they don't use that gift. Instead of building each other up, they tear each other down. So listen, if you have that gift, don't neglect it. Well, let's just be honest. It's, it's hard to do nowadays. It's hard to build each other up. 1 Corinthians 12.9 talks about the gift of faith. Now, we all have faith to a certain degree, but some have a, a faith that's hard, that's hard to compare with. To those that have faith despite whatever the circumstance, to those that have faith to believe that God's going to take care of it, thank you for that because your faith builds me up. Some have a, a gift of giving. They have a faith about giving to the ones that give sacrificially, whether it's on the Tithely app in the back or in the mailbox. Thank you to the ones that give cheerfully, just like this widow, because God loves a cheerful giver. Thank you to the ones that give to Annie Armstrong, that give to missions, that give to missionaries. Giving is a supernatural gift. Here's one that often goes unnoticed. It's mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, 28, and it's just simply called helps. Helps. Can you believe that he would take the time to mention the gift of helps? But helps is so very essential in the church today. Thank you to the ones that help when called upon, to the ones that help when not called upon, to the ones that help in the nursery, to the ones that help with the river kids, to the ones that go out and buy food, that cook food. Defeating a bunch of rowdy kids without ever complaining, man, that is hard to find. And I'm, I'm telling you, that is a gift. That is a gift that this church appreciates. And it's a gift that the parents outside this community, outside this church appreciates too. The Bible speaks of the gift of hospitality to those that open their home, to those that help the stranger without prejudice, to those that will stop and fix a flat tire or pull somebody out of a ditch. Thank you for showing Jesus through your actions. To those who have the gift of knowledge, that share their knowledge for the benefit of growing the kingdom. Some people have a knowledge that, that even your pastor don't have. There's the gift of leadership to those that lead in every area of their life, that lead their homes, that lead in this church, that ultimately lead others to Jesus. Thank you all for exercising the gift of leadership. Romans 12.9 speaks of the gift of mercy. Thank you to those that show mercy to those that don't always deserve it. 
to those that, that know that you've been done wrong, to those that know that I've been done wrong, to those that know the church has been done wrong, but somehow through your gift of mercy, you're able to look at them and just say, hey, I forgive you because Jesus forgave you. Listen, we should all have that to a certain degree. But some of you have a gift of mercy that, that's just supernatural. There's the gift of service. That's what deacon means to those that, that not only worship in this church, but those that serve the church, that actually serve the church. Teaching to those that study their lessons and teach the Bible as only you can. Thank you to the teachers of this church. And going in alphabetical order, the last is wisdom. Wisdom. There's a lot of wisdom in this church. And I, I'll tell you, young people, you would do yourself a world of good if you went to the older members of this church and learned from their wisdom. Thank you to those that have wisdom about what it takes to be a godly wife, a godly mother, a godly husband, a godly father. And thank you for sharing that wisdom with the younger couples. Thank you for sharing the wisdom about raising children with a young pastor like me. Thank you. Thank you for using these gifts. Now, church, I want to tell you, you might not have all of these gifts, but you've got some of them. What kind of church member are you? Are you one that's functioning? Are you one that's not functioning? Are you one that's misfunctioning? There's no reason that somebody that has the gift of help should try to use the gift of wisdom. Because you've got a gift of help. And the person with the gift of wisdom might not have the gift of help. Find your gift and use it. And listen, this church will just bust at the seams. And I so appreciate you that are. And like I said earlier, these... These go for the body of Christ. It could be somebody as young as John Randall that takes the offering up or sings the special. Or somebody that's in the nursing home or homebound and all they can do is just sacrificially give. What kind of church member are you? Are you a member of the body at all? And I'm talking further than Beth River Baptist Church. Are you a member of the body of Christ? So to the non-functioning church member... If you're here this morning or you're listening on the podcast, I want you to know that, that God wants to use you. Even if it's something as, as small as the two widows' mites, Jesus is watching and He wants to use you. He wants to use whatever you have to offer. And you might not think it's much. As a matter of fact, the religious people might not think it's much. But God wants to use you and God wants to bless you. And He's watching to see what you'll do. So to the non-functioning church member, I just want to tell you, God wants you to function. To the misfunctioning church member, stop trying to do something you're not called or gifted to do. Find your place and give it your all. You might, you might be led to be a preacher. And if that's the case, you need to follow God's call because it's one of the best blessings you can have on one's life. But if you're not called to do it, you shouldn't even attempt it. And to the non-member this morning, to the non-member, I just want to encourage you to join the body, to give your life to Jesus. It's so very special to pastor a church, but listen, aside from being a pastor, I'm a church member, and it's something so special. That means, just like we talked about Jesus noticing, that means you're part of the literal body of Christ, the hands and feet of Jesus. Where else in the world, what else in the world could be better than that?
If you're not a member of the body of Christ, man, you get to be a part of something so special. You get to be a part of something that changes eternity. So please, non-member, if you're not a part of the body, make the decision to accept Jesus as your Savior, to find your place and to function with your spiritual gift because there's a place for you. There's a place for you in this church, but there's a place for you in the body of Christ too. Which of the three categories do you fall in? Non-functioning, misfunctioning, functioning, or worst of all, not being a member at all. Thanks for listening to the Riverwalk today. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you understood it. I hope you're a fully functioning church member. And if you are, I hope you know how much you're appreciated. Thanks for listening. Remember, Wednesday Words of Wisdom is on our YouTube channel every Wednesday at 6 a.m. You guys have a great week.